Break a leg. And then, Eddie, you're gonna sort of like, there's a hand mirror that will be on the set, and you can like pick it up and look at your hat, yes. right? And then Gloriana's gonna come in. Oh, that, okay. Is that? That's the sound of actors right. at work, rehearsing for Thursday's production of The Trunk Show, 7 p.m. at Greenwood Gardens. The Trunk Show began as a passion project by Joe Israelson and Heather Murdoch Curry. They set out to write a historical play about life on Peaks Island in the 1920s. The story was born when Joe saw a handkerchief signed by big stars of the 20s on display at the 5th Main. I started taking pictures of what I saw in this, and it started being names of actors that had performed here at either the gym or when it became the Playhouse. And all of them were real and famous and had lives continuing in the world of uh, show business. We'll get rid of that one. Um, and all of them were well-known around the country for what they did in theater, what they did in movies. Some of them came from silent movies to talkies. And by the time I finished looking up every single one of them, they were already characters in my head. That spark led to a whole lot of research, a plot, and a human tale of two sisters venturing out to peaks for the summer in 1924. In the midst of the 2020 pandemic, Joe brought together islanders looking for an uplifting alternative to doom-scrolling and constant worry. Everyone agreed it wouldn't be safe or practical to stage the play in those pre-vaccine, high-transmission days, so casting, rehearsals, and logistics took place over email and over Zoom. The show was recorded for broadcast on Peak Silent Radio and debuted over Thanksgiving week 2020, drawing hundreds of listeners from the island and away. Some may have closed the book on the project with that, but Joe never gave up the dream of seeing Trunk Show on a stage. This play was designed to be produced during the Bicentennial of Maine. That was the whole concept behind it. And, you know, the universe did not cooperate, and so we did a radio version of it uh, with blankets hanging from ceilings so we weren't too close. We had a lot of um, special effects and sound effects that were added, thank goodness. Um, so yeah, I never thought it would make it to stage. I really didn't. But the interesting part was that everybody wanted to do it. I wrote to everybody after COVID passed for a while and said, you want to do this on stage? And everyone's like, sure. Little did we know what it would take. In 2023, Joe brought together many of the original cast and some new additions to bring Trunk Show to life. The show's director, Lisa Houston, jumped back in, readapting the show to the stage. I was trying to keep, sort of retain the radio feeling with doing this kind of staged radio play. Um, And I think as we moved into the space, we're realizing there's a lot more to it and You know, there's blocking, there's questions about if I'm off air, you know, if I'm not up at the mic as my character and I'm sitting, like, what am I supposed to be doing? So people have had to really build a character, I think, in a way that was different from doing it just on Zoom and recording voices. But that's also what makes it, I think, a little bit more fun, right? We're all in the same room. It feels like a real show now. Um, The characters have a lot more depth. We've had to, like, justify 
the fact that like Madison is played by Emily and she's also playing Viola. And so like, what does that mean? So we're sort of being creative with that character. And, you know, some of the things that I think were easier on Zoom, like the scene between Viola and Robert Kness, that's like, Kness is definitely making moves on her and she's an innocent teenager who doesn't really know what's happening that's going to feel very different in real life on a stage versus just recording your voices talking through that situation so we had to do a little work with that one of the draws of the show of course is taking a look at peaks in another era i always was interested in the gem theater and i was like interested in that time period and I knew some of it because my husband's on the board of the fifth main so like I've been through that um, upstairs exhibit and seen all the pictures and things but it is really incredible like I didn't know this space here the playhouse is like from the 1800s that's incredible um, and to think that people were here performing you know over a hundred years ago is is crazy to think about um, and it's also fun, I think, to ride the ferry and think about the scene with the sisters and what they're seeing and that we're still seeing a lot of those things, but maybe in a little bit of a different context. Um, you know, that I think that, like, the longer Peaks Island exists, there's things that are just core to what it is. And so that's, like, fun to look at those core things, but from a 2023 perspective versus a 19. 24 perspective. The show welcomes two new actors who made the trip out from California for the show. Hello, I'm Emily Scott. I was born and raised in California, then I went to New York for a while, and then I came back to California. So this is my first time back east uh, in 10 years. This isn't Emily's first production. She's got a talent for acting and brings great energy to the role of Viola, one of the sisters working on Peaks for the summer. I'm supposed to be 16, and I am not 16, so please be nice. She's uh, a lot more excited than I am. She's a bit more naive than I am, and I hope that comes across. Before this, Emily was in Twelfth Night. My last character that I played was also named, I think they're calling her Viola in this one, but we called her Viola, and that was in Twelfth Night, and that was a wonderful part, and that's where I met my current partner, Sam. Emily's partner, Sam, from Twelfth Night, also made the journey east. This is my first time to Maine, first time to Peaks Island. Um, I have family back east, but in South Carolina, so... It's, it's beautiful up here and way less humid. In high school, I was doing, um, you know, a lot of productions. Uh, but more recently, I was in a production of Twelfth Night that I was kind of um, an ensemble member for. That was also 1920s themed, but Coney Island instead of Peaks Island. And uh, I was pushing around a popcorn cart uh, and had a great, great costume. And um, that's how I met Emily, actually. Um, I think she probably spoke on it, but she was another Viola. It's kind of a lot of mirrors, this production and that one, and totally unintentional. Um, but it's it's been a lot of fun to just sort of see this all. Um, I am a 
I think the way I like to call it is a staged manager. Um, I'm, I'm not the stage manager for the actual production, but I will be playing the stage manager. Um, and I'll be welcoming people, and uh, I have some fun, kind of whimsical, like, uh, things written in about, you know, silencing your, your phones and stuff, but I call them by a, you know, old-timey name. And um, I think it's just going to be fun interacting with the cast um, as that role and being, you know, giving people glasses of water or whatever, making faces when the um, the scene calls for it, and um, just I get to be a spectator, which is fun, but I get to be an acting spectator. The production hasn't been without its headaches. Like so much of our entry into the new normal, the production had to reinvent itself and adjust in ways that were unexpected. Here's Heather Murdoch Curry. It's been very confusing. Um, I think it's a really good... I've never done this kind of a staged reading before, and I think it's a really cool way to showcase it. It it has that sort of old-timey feel, and so does the play, based on where it's... the era that it's in. Um, But it's been confusing. Like, do we need sound effects? Do we not? Are we acting? Are we just reading? So there's just all of these things to consider if you've never written it or, or acted and, and the acting part of it too is it's like mm, what am I doing so it's very different than a whole just reading it and being recorded and memorizing all your lines and doing a full play it's kind of somewhere in between which is cool it's, it's you know it's a new experience Peak silence full of them here's one more you know some of the things that I think were easier on zoom like the scene between Viola and Robert Kness that's like Kness is definitely making moves on her and she's an innocent teenager who doesn't really know what's happening that's going to feel very different in real life on a stage versus just recording your voices talking through that situation so we had to do a little work with that Um, but it's also just really fun the 1920s are fun Peaks Island is an amazing place there's a lot of history and I think to present it to a wider audience in this way is fantastic the level of detail required to put on not only a show, but to put on a show where a third of the cast comes from across the country, mm-hmm. another third of the cast comes from the middle of the country, and nobody has their costume ready <laughs> three days before the show. It's a little anxiety producing, but I trust my director, I trust everybody, and people are putting forth all their energy. And more importantly, nobody's being paid. This is all volunteer. And um, people gave up part of their summers and vacations and everything else. And um, it's a community effort to create community theater. Mm -hmm. And that's how I look at it, that the whole underpinning of the trunk show is it's a kickoff to starting to have more theater on peaks. Despite the challenges, the show goes on. Ladies and gentlemen, and anyone in between, it's showtime! So let a smile be your umbrella on a rainy, rainy day. Go see the show and discover a little piece of island history while watching a cast and crew writing themselves into Peaks Island's story, too. What will citizen historians make of the play a hundred years from now? What lessons or story will they glean from the trunk show? Many people canceled or gave up on their pre-pandemic dreams, but not Joe and not the cast of the trunk show. 
They pivoted, turning the play they envisioned into a radio drama. Now, over three years later, they've got their stage, the Playhouse at Greenwood Gardens. How they've done it is an important lesson for us all. The play they're putting on isn't exactly the same as when Joe and Heather envisioned it in 2019. It's been adapted again and again, this time as a staged radio theater. So the next time you consider giving up on a dream or a passion because something stands in your way, think about the trunk show and pivot. You'll never know what amazing gem awaits. Now, everyone, please enjoy the trunk show.